superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This content factory we call the Rich Eisen Show. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a, a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ryan Leaf. Can't tell you enough how much I love your show. Live. Boom. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Well, go back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf, filling in for the big man, uh, Rich Eisen, who's currently on his way back. Uh, he'll be in the seat tomorrow with uh, his fellow cohorts, Chris Brockman, Michael DeTufo, and TJ Jefferson, here on the radio as well as on Peacock TV. But before any of that, uh, I want to bring in a friend to the show. Uh, we become acquainted on the golf course. We're golf fiends. Turns out we're both diehard Chicago Cubs fans, which makes us brothers for life. Uh, he is currently on the East Coast hanging with some family, and uh, he's good enough to join us today. Jay Chandra Sekar, writer, director, comedian extraordinaire, joins us. How we doing, Jay? Good morning. Ryan, how are you, buddy? How's it going? I'm doing I'm doing really well, man. I'm uh, I love when I get to host Rich's show. It makes it makes for a, a wonderful start to my day. Um, what's uh, what's going on? You getting in some golf back east? You know, I played um, two days ago in uh, in suburban uh, Mass at a place called um, in Dedham, and then I played uh, again uh, just uh, in Westport Mass uh, yesterday. I think I'm going to play this evening in Cape Cod. Well, look at you. Look at you getting in all. <laughs> I think I'm going to go play at our haunt uh, this afternoon, too, for a kind of a you know, sunset, uh, sunset trip. Um, so, I, I've, you know, most people don't realize this, but, you know, I've been, I've been missing out on you. You've, you've had to go work and be a, be a director extraordinaire and head to Canada uh, to film a uh, movie called Easter Sunday. And you just got back a little while ago. This is with Joe Coy, comedian. How, how did it go? And, and, and talk to me a little bit about it, uh, the experience uh, post, you know, kind of in the COVID, post-COVID era, um, and everything that went into to making this film. I mean, we went up there, and it was, it was considered one of the safest places to shoot. And so, and yet, every, I, there are a lot of things being shut up in Vancouver, and, and a, you know, a, almost every friend of mine who's up there got shut down, not once, but twice, uh, because somebody got COVID, and they... They shut you down for two weeks. So I was went up there expecting to be shut down. We didn't get shut down, um, but the you know while we were up there, America became incredibly vaccinated. Canada couldn't get it, uh, and so we were we've been in masks all the way up to like mid late May, and finally I got back and got fully vaccinated, and now I'm feeling good again. Uh, but the movie, you know, the movie was uh, it's Joe Coy. It's his first film. If you don't know Joe, he's like uh, he's been you know, doing stand-up for a long time, and he's incredible stand-up, and now he's finally having his moment because he's he's selling out stadiums. He's selling out the United Center in Chicago. He's selling out 
two nights in a row at the Forum. That's 32,000 seats. I mean, the guy is having a career like you can't quite believe. Um, and I was lucky enough to get him in, in a movie. Um, and that was because Steven Spielberg saw one of Joe's specials and said, hey, go up there and, and make this movie. So um, starring Joe Coy. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty exciting. I, I mean, I keep talking. But anyway, I just did five nights uh, opening for Joe. Yeah, at the Ryman Theater and then and then Florida, and the guy is electric. It was really fun, really fun. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about because you and I were talking about this before you left. How how long had it been since you since you were doing your stand up thing? You know, it's it's kind of what your repertoire was, but you you know you spent a lot of time directing TV and and now. Uh, you know, Joe Coy is having his moment. You talked about huge audiences. You stand. What what was it like to get out in front of that kind of audience again, and and do your stand up routine? Well, it was, it was you know I hadn't done stand up in a year because my last shows in Michigan got canceled because of the, the virus, and so to suddenly walk back up on stage. I mean, like I'm used to doing at most, you know, maybe 600 seats, but this was 2,400 sold out seats, and it was. The energy was incredible because I, I, you know, it was these audiences were like just excited to be out seeing stand up again, and it felt like this, this real like strong desire to be for entertainment again. And so it was right. It had an extra specialness to it. Well, it seems like it. Uh, I've been to a couple comedy shows post COVID here uh, after being vaccinated. Been to some Dodgers games. Well, speaking of the Dodgers, I went for the Cubs series and. Yeah. Uh, was hoping you were going to be able to join, but of course you had to go out and play in front of twenty, you know, twenty four hundred, twenty four thousand people. I don't know, whatever. But um, I, we could have used your your mojo. I think uh, I watched well, the Cubs uh, throw a no no, uh, four yeah. pitcher no no, and I was all excited for the next three games of the series, uh, and and they got they got whooped. And at, there was a point where you and I were texting each other, going, "Are are our Cubs ever going to win again? They were just tied for first place, and now they're seven games back. I mean, what?" What the hell's going on with them? Why why is this starting to turn into a June swoon for them? Since that no hitter, they've been one and nine. I mean, including that no hitter. So it it has the feeling of the nineteen seventies Cubs where they wouldn't win for three, four, or five weeks in a row, it seems. Uh and I remember that as a small child. And now <laughs> I mean I, I mean I think they're eight and a half out. I think they're they've gone from first place to third place and now all anyone's going to talk about is whether they're going to trade Chris Bryant which I was excited that they were going to put that off with you know staying in first it would have been hard for Hoyer to do that but now who knows what's going to happen I mean it's uh it's painful it's even more painful that the Chicago White Sox are in first place and my brother-in-law is a White Sox fan and uh you know it's painful it's it's you know not it is. not being in first is terrible but having the White Sox at the same time, it's double. So, it, it is it, it is hard, but it but it but it fits us kind of to a T on on our love for the the Cubs over the years. That we're just like you know what, like when I watched them win the World Series, I did not enjoy a minute of it. Jay, I, I was in constant panic, in fear. I had I had recorded it, and I was getting texts from people that said like, "What WTF?" And I'm just like, "Oh, it's oh, it blew it. It's oh." So I didn't get to enjoy a minute of it. I just assumed that they were going to get back there because they were such they were loaded with a great team. You know, getting rid of Kyle Schwarber, I don't get it. But anyway, I want them to go back so I can just fully enjoy them in the playoffs and in the series this time, and not have all that that angst and anxiety around it. 
I mean, the truth is, when they got rid of Schwarber and Yu Darvish, they were signaling clearly that they were like, we're going to rebuild. And then, randomly, I believe, <laughs> their, their bullpen was as good as it was, which is great. And somehow they dragged them into first place. But let's, you know, the, the, the starting pitching on that team is not currently designed to win the division. It's designed to rebuild. And so, it's, uh, you know, this is just an accident that, they're, that they were in first as long as they were, I think. Um, I don't think they can compete long term with that with that starting pitching staff. I mean, why would you get rid of you, Darvish, right? If you really were going to try to win right now. Exactly. It's 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 not a, a a starting pitching rotation that's that's built for for longevity. And we're already at the All Star break talking about okay, let's see what's what's next. All right, moving on, moving on to uh, the other side. You've had some funny tweets uh, this off season revolving around the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, situation, uh, whether or not he gets back to Green Bay or not, which really puts your Chicago Bears in a in a driver's seat in the, in the uh, uh, NFC North. Um, if they don't have their reigning MVP, you you I think one of the last funny tweets was about you you offered to to put him in one of your movies. Your next movie's coming up, but it, unfortunately, it, it shoots it shoots during the fall. I thought that was pretty comedic. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers can grow a nice mustache, and I will say this. I'm only not a fan of Aaron Rodgers because he's one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, of all time and he's in our division. And uh, and it's painful. And it was painful with Brett Favre, and we thought, oh, great, this new guy Aaron Rodgers has come in, and we'll smoke him. And then he started beating us, too. And then now, you know, it's almost like, yeah, I, I'm excited for Justin Fields to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, but... It, half of me is more excited for Aaron Rodgers not to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers because I think I think that'll win us more games. Well, we'll definitely give you a chance at two more. That's that, that's that's for darn <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, but 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 still, you know, I love the fact that you could put Aaron Rodgers in your movie. But of course, you and I have this side thing where, like, you know, next time you need a big kind of ugly uh, comedic <laughs> version. Uh, Ryan Leaf gets that gets that that cameo. I, I hear you. And just to be clear, I don't want to put Aaron Rodgers in my movie. I would <laughs> do it for the city of Chicago against my own desires. Okay? And you I probably would get a key to the city if you were to do be able to do that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. My little brother just and moved to Chicago. That, some, you know, some dimwit Chicago fans were like, hey, what are you doing putting that guy? And I'm like, you know, can't you just read between the lines? Are you that? Can you, can you figure that out? Just no, they can't. The guy out of the Packers. They don't. They, they can't get the subtlety, Jay. That's the thing. It's just like Twitter is a. It's it's like it's like fifty fifty. It's like split down like this country. Like it's it's fifty people who get it and fifty people fifty percent people who don't get it. And so that's right. you know that's it's right. it's yeah, it, it's it's how it's how we live the life that we live. I, I I get that. I get that. Um, Justin Fields. You talked about him. Um, I had him as the number two rated quarterback. You know the fact that he slipped and what what Ryan Pace was able to do to move up to get him. I think this is going to be. Uh, I, I think this could be, I, I, I hope, similar in fashion to what Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs did by moving from 27th to 10th to take Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes in any way, because, right. no. but, but I think it's that kind of you know, swift action. And I don't think he really had anything to lose. I think both him and Nagy are kind of sitting in a lame duck situation. Uh, everything that could fall in place for him if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go in Green Bay, this could be the opportunity for an extension for Nagy, an extension for Pace, and for the Chicago Bears to finally have gotten themselves a franchise quarterback. 
Well, you know, they've done defense well, and yep. they've done some elements of the offense well, too. But, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter unless you have that quarterback who can do it. And and even if, you know, there were moments when Trubisky was great, but I guess not, you know, he wasn't great enough that he was going to beat Aaron Rodgers. And then you're like, well, what's the point of that? So yep. I like that they did it. I, I hear that he's very, like, quick fleet footed and I hear he's pretty accurate with his with his arm. So I you know, I have, I have high hopes. I just hope I guess I also hope they don't rush him. <laughs> and uh I don't know if that's a thing in your mind. Do you think it's a thing to be rushed and then I just don't want people in Chicago to have have, have that game and boom and all that nonsense. Exactly. You know I mean? it, it, and there is something to that, right? And I think that's a big reason why they went out and got Andy Dalton. I, I do. Yeah. Andy Dalton played in this offense in Cincinnati. He's a this team reminds me of very a, a bunch of that of those Cincinnati teams with Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati, where where Andy was good enough to get him to playoffs, get him to the playoffs. Yeah. So with the defense yeah. that they have, I, I think it's great that they have him in place. Um, you know, that's the thing with fandom in this in society now. It's about you know instant satisfaction. We want what we want. We want it now. We cannot allow the fact that Kansas City was able to sit this superstar for a whole season before they put him in is just unbelievably amazing. It just shows the, 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 the ability of Andy Reid, but it also shows you how well Alex Smith played that year, which means yeah. Andy Dalton would have to come out like gangbusters as the starter to hold that, that, sit, that city and that fan base at bay. Was Mahomes considered uh, as good as Fields in people's minds uh, when he was sitting behind? No, uh, that's the difference. Him. I don't think the expectations were as high for Patrick right. Mahomes coming, even though they moved all the way up to 10 to get him. They liked him. They liked Patrick Mahomes, but he did not have a winning pedigree from college, right? He didn't have what Justin Fields has. Justin Fields got to a semifinal and a national championship in his two years at, at Ohio State. Patrick Mahomes, I don't think, ever had a winning season. Oh, my uh, God. So you, you just didn't have the same expectations that existed there. And for the fact for them to sit him behind Alex Smith, I wasn't really thought of that much. And the, and the way he came onto the scene – Andy Reid had to have seen him in practice and what he had. He was like, oh, my God, I have a tiger by the tail here. And I think, you know, from what I've heard, too, Matt Nagy and that, and that crew feel really comfortable with the fact that they moved up and got the guy that I think a lot of people thought slid farther than he probably should have. Yeah. So you're hearing great stuff about what the Bears think of this guy, but you know how it is, right? you got to get out there on that field where everything's a little bit faster and everything's a, everyone's a little bit bigger. And, it's, uh, it's and crazy. you know. It's a tough town, you know. You gotta, you gotta succeed in this. In any so, town, but in Chicago, it's tough. So yesterday was my um, first full year on on the Sunfair diet. Now, I, people who are listening around the country don't know about this. There's this, there's this meal plan that that I've been on for the last year, uh, and it's based here in Los Angeles and Phoenix, and it delivers the food right to your. You and I figured found out that like you you were on this. This this food plan with this this thing for like eleven years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's great. Um, well, it, you know, it it got it's expensive. Me, it's great. It, yes, but it made me understand what to eat. You know, if you eat what's in the bag, you'll end up getting lean and 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 lose weight. And frankly, after having been in beer fest and being about fifteen <laughs> to twenty pounds overweight. <laughs> uh, because we were having, you know, we were playing beer pong every night. Um, 
which was right for the character. I agree, but but ultimately, you look at that. You're a method like, actor, then. I'm a little fat. I'm a little fat. And so when you realize that, you're like, if I'm going to be in the movies, I should probably not be as fat. So that's all. I'm just trying to try to keep it a little, just keep it a little tighter. Keep it a little tighter. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I live in L.A. I live in Hollywood. You know, I I I, I, I got to look the part if I'm gonna if I'm gonna book these big roles, Jay. You know, that's that's. Oh, no doubt. It's a big part of all this. All right. Yeah. Uh, Before we get you out of here, uh, when uh, I'm learning more about the movie industry, when I get a chance to talk to you, you know, you got back from shooting it, you got the chance to look at it. When, when would something like this Easter Sunday, when would that land in theaters uh, for you guys after you do the edit? And I know you do a ton of the editing and everything as well. It's, it's going to happen before Easter next year. My, my hunch is sometime in, uh, in early spring. That's my hunch. Okay, so. well, maybe we'll get you back on right before it airs when it pre- premieres, and uh, and uh, um, we can get you to talk about it, and I can uh, swindle a couple uh, premiere tickets from you or something like that. Sounds great. Sounds I appreciate you taking the time today on the holiday, man, everything. I, I love you, man. I appreciate that at all. Thanks for coming Thanks on. For having me. Appreciate it. Bye now. Yep. Have a good day. Jay Shandasekar, writer, director, comedian, extraordinary. You heard him. Super Troopers, Beer Fest, Club Dread. Uh, he spent a lot of time in, in the television world directing. Really great director. Uh, has to be pretty damn good for Steven Spielberg to tap him to direct his latest film, uh, Easter Sunday, with Joe Coy, comedian. It's good to have two comedians uh, get together and put that together. I'm excited to see it. Uh, I love when friends uh, succeed and do well. He is a, as you heard, is an extremely big sports fan uh, and uh, a, a extremely talented comedian. So it's fun to have him part of the uh part of the show um i just got some good news a friend of mine uh um, dan Manucci, the mooch is what we call him uh he works uh, out of uh fox's fox sports radio out of phoenix he is going to join us uh at the bottom of the hour um to talk about the suns we've been trying to uh we've been trying to put together um uh, uh, and get a son's um, aspect of things, right? Uh, a look at things. He Dan wasn't around basketball. He actually played in the NFL, was the backup for the Buffalo Bills in the early 80s uh, and, and got some time there. He, uh, he works for KGME in Phoenix uh, with, a, uh, uh, with a show called Rock and the Minooch. So he's going to join us here at the bottom of the hour to talk about the Phoenix Suns and what they get to do and what they have to do to get it going. Um, um, that will put the full capper of the NBA finals on this show. Um, Jay Chandrasekhar was just on. Um, we'll recap what he had to say, um, as well as get you ready for Dan Minucci, who's going to join us at uh, a little after the bottom of the hour to talk about the Phoenix Suns. You're listening to the Rich Eisen show on Westwood one. We'll be right back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores, or... 
your partners. Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. This is Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich as he is on a well-deserved vacation over the holiday weekend. He'll be back tomorrow with his cohorts, Chris Brockman, Michael Del Tufo, and TJ Jefferson at your regular scheduled time as well on Peacock TV. If you want to give us a call and chat about anything in the sporting world, anything at all, really, uh, you can try us at 310-845-845. Four one two zero. Again, that is three one zero eight four five four one two zero. I can't remember if I uh, told everybody this, but um, we were just talking to Jay Chandra Sekar there. He's on a little vacation, family vacation back east, enjoying some time with them and golf and everything like that. And uh, I, I'm going to go on vacation now. You know, college football and pro football really get fired up towards the end of July. And and when I say that, you know, training camps start. Games, of course, don't don't happen other than the preseason and the NFL side of things uh, until September, um, but um, or in August and then and then September. But college football, college football starts. I think their first kickoffs around August twenty eighth this year. So, you know, I have to start getting ready. That's that's my busy season in the fall. You know, I'll. Hopefully, be traveling around, calling games, uh, doing work uh, here in the Pac-12 uh, platform and, and footprint. But before that, I think I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys last Friday or not. But I am going to go on vacation uh, starting on the 12th. I have never, I have never, which is I don't know if this is rare or not, um, but I've never gone on vacation by myself before. I've always you know, been with family or with significant others or, you know, uh, or with girls I was trying to hook up with or something like that. Right. Uh, So this is, this is, uh, this is a little strange. Um, 
maybe I'm making a much bigger thing than it is than it actually is. People go on vacation by themselves all the time. I'm assuming, um, but since it's the first time and I'm 45 years old now, of course I've traveled, I've traveled a ton, um, especially for work, right? And that's usually by myself. But you're going there to do a job and you're around other people and stuff. Like I will know and nobody. I'm going to Puerto Vallarta. Uh, I'm going to stay right on the beach. There's a couple golf courses there. I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to do a bunch of reading. Uh, I'm going to respond to a, a ton of, of direct messages on my social media platforms who have been reaching out for the last 18 months since the beginning of the pandemic until now who have been, you know, uh, you know, reaching out, looking for support, ta- asking for help, you know, just wanting somebody to listen to. And I felt overwhelmed um, and I've tried to answer back as many as I could. Um, so I'm going to do those things. If I, I figure if I, you know, if I really set aside one or two hours a day to knock out those, I'll, I'll be able to get it done in the, the, you know, eight days I'm, I'm staying there. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm going to just kind of decompress a little bit. Um, no radio, no TV. Um, you know, I can put my Spanish to, to work a little bit. I don't know. We'll see, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, why don't you guys give me a call? Tell me if you've ever been on vacation by yourself. And if you have, what kind of fun things did you do? Did you, did you become a sightseer? Did you kind of just hang around the resort and, and be kind of a bum and, and sip on some margaritas by the pool? Uh, uh, did you did you go out and search for a uh, you know a vacation love um, hookup for the for the week? You know what what are those types of things you did? Call us at 310-845-4120. 310-845-4120. What did you do when you were on a vacation by yourself? I'd like to know. I'd love to get some insight. Uh, I've never been to Puerto Vallarta. Uh, I know I'm going to the ra- during the rainy season. People have, have commented on that towards me that that it will rain uh, and you'll get some amazing storms every afternoon. You're there, and I got my my long you know long forecast here in front of me. Uh, not going to get incredibly hot, right? You know, high 80s, uh, mid uh, mid high 80s, and get down into the 70s or low 70s at night. But every afternoon, right, starting. You know, it has been for a while. It's going to rain. It's just going to get thunderstorms in the afternoon, um, and, and that's the way it goes. Like today, starts supposed to start raining. Are people listening to the show right now? Is just Ryan doing a, a weather forecast on the Rich Eisen show? I don't know. This is what happens when you're doing a show solo, and you're halfway through the third hour uh, riffing until you get to your next guest here in about five minutes. When we get to our next guest, Dan Minucci from uh, KGME in Phoenix, he's going to talk to us about the Suns and the amazing run they've made and what the Valley is like we'll have him in oh about 10 minutes or so um give us a call again 310-845-4120 310-845-4120 talking all things sports and giving me advice on what to do when you go on vacation all by your lonesome i'm looking forward to it luckily for me there's a non-stop flight from la to puerto vallarta it's like two and a half hours boom Right there. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to do something I've never done before. My son is going on a vacation of his own with his mom. They're going to the East Coast um, to be around uh, a friend of hers for those days. So I figured, well, if my son isn't going to be in Los Angeles, 
well, there's nearly no point for me, and I need a little break, so let's do it. And, uh, you know, fully vaccinated RDL is going to jump on a plane and go. Uh, I probably will have to break away for the NBA Finals because I'm looking forward to it. I don't know uh, necessarily if I am... I'm probably going to make a make it, you know, I'm going to I'm going to watch that. And then I'll look and see if my cubbies are are turning it around. Little things like that, but I'm not going to be like obsessed like every morning wake up and look at the sports headlines and go through all the things because I have to host a radio show later that day or or whatnot. It's going to be like I said, it's going to be a a decompression side of it. Um so far in the show as we enter the last half hour, um in hour one, we had Bill Shaken on, L.A. Times national baseball writer. Uh, covers the L.A. Dodgers pretty significantly. He talked to us all about the Trevor Bauer situation and what's going on there. He has been given uh, an administrative leave for seven days. We're about five days out from that being up. He was pulled from his start yesterday uh, that he was supposed to have. Um, we're waiting. And Major League Baseball stepped in. Um, the LA Dodgers were, were going to let him pitch and they were kind of putting the onus on major league baseball. And so major league baseball had to step in and said, we're going to put him on administrative leave for seven days. Uh, the Pasadena police have yet to complete their investigation. No criminal charges have been filed though. There has been a restraining or granted to this woman, um, around, uh, a couple of sexual encounters that she is claiming, uh, assaulted. So until that is ultimately resolved, in the eyes of Major League Baseball, which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon, Bill told us that there probably could be an extension here, maybe another seven days. This is weird with the calendar because of the All-Star break. But then there's going to have to be a conversation, right? If if Trevor Bauer and his agent and, and his union are saying, hey, you know, he hasn't been charged here. There's nothing um, going forward. And if Major League Baseball doesn't have enough to do a uh, make a suspension here, then then you need to let my client back out on the field and pitch, which is what the L.A. Dodgers need because they are starting to play some really good baseball. We also had Bobby Marks on. He was an, he's an ESPN NBA insider. He talked to us about the NBA Finals. The matchup starts tomorrow night between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, really looking forward to this series. I think it's going to be highly competitive. I hope Giannis can go. Bobby talked to us about these two teams uh, playing each other, what that means for the league. Uh, is it bad for the ratings because it doesn't have a, a LeBron or a Kevin Durant or a Steph Curry in it? What does that look like? Uh, it sounds like it's going gangbusters, and this is what the evolution of NBA basketball looks like, and we're going to crown either a champion that hasn't won in 50 years or a champion that has never won uh, in the Phoenix Suns. Uh, we also heard from Eric Name. Eric joined the show. He is the writer for the Bucks on The Athletic, and he filled us in everything with the books. Uh, the biggest question, of course, was whether or not Giannis was able was going to be able to go tomorrow night. Uh, if he isn't, are we going to see a similar version of, of the Bucks of uh, who we saw in those last two games against the Atlanta Hawks? Because they looked special. Coach Budenholzer, boy, he, he, he utilized some, some strengths on that team that a lot of people haven't been able to see because of Giannis and his MVP quality of play, right? You spread everybody out, let Giannis do his thing, get to the line, get to the basket. Those things, you don't realize, you know, uh, 
how how well Lopez can play down on the on the box, how Drew Holiday and uh, and Middleton can excel in this offense, and I think it also really showed how well the coaching ability uh, of of Budenholzer is, because if they can't go with him tomorrow night, they're going to have to put another kind of uh, performance together like they've been able to do the last couple games. And that will make for an interesting game plan for Mo Williams. How do you attack that? How do you go against something that you haven't seen all year long except for the two examples in the last two games? Because it looks a lot different than what this team has looked like. Um, and uh, and when I asked our, our talent booker, Ben Nygaard, to, to get me some guests today, I really wanted him to focus on, I wanted a voice from the Suns, I wanted a voice from the Bucks. I wanted a voice that covers the entire league. And we were able to do that. And up next, uh, we're going to bring that guy on, Dan Minucci from KGME Radio there in Phoenix, the Fox Sports Radio Station, currently the co-host of the sports radio talk show Rock and the Minooch, is going to join us and tell us about what the Valley is like, how it's rocking, and what the Phoenix Suns' chances are heading into the finals that start tomorrow night. All right, you're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. We'll be right back. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. I am Ryan Lee, filling in for Rich today. Uh, it's been a heck of a show. We've pretty much got everything cornered when you're talking about the NBA Finals. We had Bobby Marks on from ESPN to talk the overall look and focus of the NBA Finals. We had Eric Name from The Athletic, uh, Bucks beat writer, join us. And now we welcome a friend of mine, uh, Dan Minucci. From KGME in Phoenix, he has been covering these uh, Phoenix Suns like nobody's business uh, for the last few weeks. They make it to the NBA Finals. Let's welcome him in the Minooch right now. Dan, how you doing, buddy? All right, I'm doing great. Hey, I go way back to the loss of the coin flip for a guy by the name of Lou Alcindor. That's how far back I go with this Phoenix Suns team. So sixth grade over at St. Daniel Grace, a parochial school, Back in the day, we've been waiting a long time. And wouldn't it be nice, the poetic justice, to, to finally win one all after 53 years against the Milwaukee Bucks? Wouldn't that, doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that have a nice ring? 
It does. I've 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 been a big fan of this Phoenix Suns team since about midseason. Uh, I was talking them up on my show and really thought that Chris Paul should have been getting a lot more pub around the MVP voting sense. Uh, talk about his impact on this team, this young team, this team that had, didn't have a lot of playoff experience um, after the team did so well in the bubble a year ago. Talk about the experience he brought to this team and, and the difference he's made. You know what, Ryan? I, I think he's just kind of that, that constant influence on this team at practice, off the court, on the court, in the locker room, uh, in the training facility. He's just a guy that is uh, that, that holds these guys accountable uh, and responsible. And he's he's like that twenty four seven. And uh, it's just funny when you look at DeAndre Agent's always talking about it and campaign. Some of the guys that say, look, he's always chattering, but he he does it in a a very influential way, and he does it in a way that he's always trying to improve these guys. And I think that's one of the things these young guys need is a guy that's always in your ear. And you and I both know when you've been there and done that you know what's on the other side of the mountain and you know what it takes to get there. And he also knows what it takes to get over that mountain. And I think if there's anything that's, that stands out with CP three is um, his calmness on the floor, uh, getting everybody in the right position. If, if things get out of whack, or as I like to say, get a little cattywampus kind of reels everybody in he keeps their poise and he's taught them to ignore the noise and just play, just play your game. We've been there. We've done that. But more importantly, I think, Ryan, is that just his calming influence of, of setting people up and getting people in the right places, getting people in the right, you know, the right spots as far as shooting, and in particular defense. I mean, he's on these guys. He gets, gets back on get back on defense. And I call him, you and I recognize, would be that, that great quarterback on the field that understands what you can do, what you can't do. And he's just been, he's been phenomenal. And I agree with you. I felt... He should have been more of a leading candidate for most valuable player. Uh, I always look at who's the most valuable player and who's, who's the player that had the most points or had the most, um, not so much impact on their team, but a, but a guy that's, you know, that's been lighting it up versus the value added of an individual like CP3. It's been special to watch. What, is it, what has it been like? You I mean, you're right there in the Valley. Uh, you've been on the radio. You're talking about it all the time. I mean, what, what's it been like and, and what's the excitement been after coming out of COVID and, and this team performing the way it has? You know, that's what's interesting. Everybody's, everybody's poo-pooing all the injured players of the opposing team. Well, well, the Suns didn't have the, the full arsenal of the Lakers or the Clippers or the Denver Nuggets. Well, excuse me, uh, CP3 had a bad shoulder that he injured in the second game of the Lakers. He fought through that. And then it comes down with COVID uh, and, and tested positive for that. So he sits out 11 days. And then uh, you, you get, you know, Booker who breaks his nose in three places that fights through that. It just seems that people on the national circuit conveniently forget about all the woes and, and trials and tribulations that Suns had to overcome. And their whole mantra was, fine, we don't care who shows up. We'll fight through the adversity and do what we have to. And, I think that's the biggest thing when you really look at, at CP3, Ryan, is you, you think of all the guys that, that, that suck it up and come back from the huddle after getting knocked out as a quarterback, might have broke a rib, uh, might have got some wrist ligaments torn, which, by the way, is another one. He's got some torn left wrist ligaments and just continues to push forward. And uh, he doesn't play the woe as me. They just keep going. And he, he's, that, he's that inspiration that shows – 
of all the trials and tribulations, you just get back up. I like to say he just keeps on keeping on, and that's what's so admirable with these young guys just will follow him anywhere. Yeah, they, they certainly have. Um, going through the like going through like the deep deep valley of what the Phoenix Suns have been like over the last eleven years, right? Last playoff uh, appearance was two thousand ten. Uh, yeah. This this team has had to have a lot of faith in what what they were going to do and how they were going to about it to to get to this point to have it all kind of come to fruition. Uh, mm-hmm. What has the fan fan interaction and fan base been like through this this valley to get where they are right now? Well, number one, the last 10 years prior to this, there was just uh, they didn't see Robert Sarver, the owner, doing anything whatsoever to move this team along. And they might have got a couple guys here and a couple guys there, but we were basically in the doldrums. So when you're in the doldrums and you're all dressed up and nowhere to go, you really don't have much faith. It's like, okay, if they can maybe get the last spot in the playoffs, so be it, which they did a few years. But you kind of went, well, they'll go that far, then, then where are they going to go? But I'll tell you what the key was. It was when they hired when they hired James Jones as the assistant to McDonough, and then they hired him full-time as the general manager, and then they brought in Monty Williams. You knew there was something going on. And then when all of a sudden you saw them get Jay Crowder and then CP3 came along, you went, wait a second. This, this thing might change from the standpoint of they should make the playoffs, which excited everybody, but to the point of, well, they should go at least pretty deep into the playoffs, but none of us whatsoever, Ryan, saw them, at least with this team this year, winning the Western Conference Finals by going all the way through. But the, the key scenario was was paying the money to uh, CP3, getting Crowder in, uh, getting Torrey Craig in, getting some veterans to go with these young guys, and the one thing that the fans loved was that Robert Sarver stayed out of the way. Just like James Jones, Monty Williams, do their thing, bring these veterans in, bring CP3 in, which we're all like, wow. You know, here's, here's something we can build on. I don't think anybody saw this, but from the fan standpoint, they are just off the charts. They're hungry. I mean, the last time they've gone to the finals was 1993 when you had Barkley and, and, uh, and Ainge and Marley and uh, Kevin Johnson and on and on. And they got Danny Ainge. the last second shot. We, we haven't been any close. To that, so you could tell everybody's just hungry right now and just going absolute nuts. Um, going, hey, look, we've got a great shot to win this whole thing, but fan wise, the fandom <laughs> over the last 10 years has been in the valley, pardon the pun, but it's risen out of the valley with what's going on around here. Well, it's it's been it's been fun to watch. Um, uh, everybody's getting ramped up and excited for tomorrow night. Now, the question is, right. Their opponent. It's the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. They are big. They are long. Their star two-time MVP player is a questionable. Um, what what we saw from them in the final two games against the Atlanta Hawks, they looked very good. They looked very big. They may ask DeAndre Ayton to do something different, something he used to do in college a lot more, be down low uh, against the likes of Lopez and, and, and the length that they have there. What do you expect from the the series when it tips off tomorrow night. Well, and you got to think about this. One of the things that the Suns, they did struggle a little bit against the Lakers when they went uh, the bigs on it, but they found a way to move the ball. And, and I think one of the things that what Monty, what Monty Williams has done is, is move the basketball, get it down low to, uh, to DA at the opportunistic times. But again, yeah, they're going to have to focus on rebounding and putting a body 
on on those big guys. When you talk about Lopez, I mean, hey, Ryan, where did that come? We, you know, Lopez is one of those guys. Wait a second, Brooks, Brooks Lopez had that kind of had that kind of uh, of a game against Atlanta, and then you see Giannis, what he's done, and PJ Tucker, former Phoenix Sun. You know, they've got speed, they've got size, they play really good defense. I think the one key is responsibility, just getting back on D and putting a body on somebody so they don't get out-rebounded with, with this big team. Um, they've been bullied a couple times by the, by the Clippers. Matter of fact, one of their, their, their worst losses, and I think it was that fifth game that they lost, they got bullied a little bit. But they came back and countered that. They countered the zone. They countered the size by moving the basketball. And, you know, they're going to have to be on shooting, but they can get down low. They can move the ball. And if CP3 gets down low with that, you know, 10 to 12-foot jumper or at the elbow, that's where they're very, very dangerous. But you bring up a great point. You know, Monty Williams said that yesterday. He said, hey, look, this is a big team. They're big. They're physical. So we're going to have to be accountable as far as making sure that they don't out-rebound us or just make sure we're disciplined on the defensive side, put a body on some of these big guys. Well, the the opportunity for both these franchises to win a championship for the first time in 50 years with the Milwaukee Bucks and ever with the Phoenix Suns has to have people excited. What do you think about the idea of these two teams playing each other where there's not a James or a Curry or a uh, or a Durant involved? Do you think it's it's not going to be as highly anticipated, highly viewed, or do you think this is exactly where the NBA needs to trend to? Because guess what? Those stars, those those guys are going to fade out soon. And when they do, we have to see the next stars. And that's the Devin Bookers of the world. That's the Giannis's of the world. That's the Drew Holiday's. Uh, that's what this is about, DeAndre Ayton's. That's what this is about moving forward. Or maybe one of the more underrated stars for the Bucks, Middleton. You know, thinking yep. about him. Yep. Uh, and you, you talk about the, the new stars coming up. And, uh, you know, my radio partner, Mike Morocco, and I, and, and Sean Crespin, we talked about, hey, look, you don't have to have, as you, you pointed out there, Ryan, the, the three superstars win a championship. Hey, you know, when you have the right mix and the right blend of experience, and you got to have some talent, okay? We know that. you got to have some talent. But I agree with you. I think people will tune in to see, you know, Giannis, number one, Booker, CP3. I think they'll tune in to see, okay, how is this Phoenix Suns team getting by? Uh, I think from the Suns, a lot of fans nationally want to know, okay, this CP3, can he win it all finally after so many 16 years in the league? Uh, who's, this, who's this Booker kid? They've seen enough of him. Uh, who's this rising star, this DeAndre Ayton? And then on this side, you know, Ken Giannis, I think the intrigue with, with, uh, with Giannis is, you know, is he going to be that guy that can close the deal, uh, can come in, can, can he hit the outside jumper? Or will Middleton have to carry him? Or this guy carry him? Or what's it, what's going to be? So I think, to answer your question, Ryan, I think the intrigue is there because there's enough stars. But I think what they're proving is you don't have to have the superstar superstars, which the, the, both these teams have. You don't have to have three or four of them to win the championship completely. No, you don't. And it's going to be a fun time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as a fan. I know you are as you're going to cover it top to bottom starting tomorrow. Dan Minucci, everybody, from KGME in Phoenix. Uh, check him out there with Rock and the Minooch, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, man. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, you bet, Ryan. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You bet. Dan Minucci covering the Phoenix Sun side of things. So there you go, everybody. We are locked and loaded for the tip-off tomorrow night. I'm sure Rich and the boys will have 
uh, a little preview for you tomorrow, getting you ready for what that matchup's going to look like. I hope we did it justice today. Again, Bill Shakin joined us from the LA Times to talk about the Trevor Bauer situation, Bobby Marks, Eric Name, Dan Minucci joined us to talk Bucks, Suns, and the NBA overall. And then my buddy, Jay Chandra Sekar, writer, director, comedian extraordinaire, uh, joined us to talk about his new film, Easter Sunday, that's going to be out right around Easter Sunday of 2022. Uh, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure filling in for Rich. Um, I tell him all the time how much I appreciate him, how much I'm grateful for him and the opportunity that he provides for me. I don't fully think he understands that. So as always, when we close out the show, I like to tell him, everybody who listens, who is a part of Rich Eisen's platform, for Westwood One, Peacock TV, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for the platform. I'm an incredibly grateful human being to be able to do this, to talk sports, uh, and be part of the Rich Eisen Show. So thank you to him and everybody involved. Thank you to Art Martinez uh, for producing. The boys will be back tomorrow. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. You guys have a great rest of the week.